Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Pet Cast. I am your host James and today we will be going over the episode Lots of Luck. Now before I get started I'm going to go over a bit of housekeeping. So first of all you might be wondering why I did not put out an episode last week. It's it's mainly because of school. I had like a bunch of homework and had pretty much no time to podcast and like going forward for the time being that's uh probably how it's gonna be I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not saying it's gonna be just every two weeks like from here on out uh what i am saying is a little worse it's just gonna be like inconsistent and that might mean missing two weeks instead of one because school is important and, you know, got to focus up. So, secondly, uh, I recently found out that d- despite ending its run in 2016, uh, in 2018, they are releasing a new Littlest Pet Shop show called Littlest Pet Shop World of Our Own. I don't know if I'm going to do a podcast about that one because it seems very in its element, if that makes sense. It's not odd like this show is from what I've seen of the trailers. It just looks like a reg ish kids show about animals you know it just it like like but this show just feels you know different and I'll actually get to that uh, at the end of the episode so look forward to that Okay, so if I do a podcast about that, it'll be after I finish this, and probably its own thing. That's if I watch it and think it's something to podcast about. So, thirdly, and lastly, and most importantly, I got a tweet from a Twitter user called Hurricane John saying, Hey, it's great to know that there are still people who are into the 2012 LPS series. Keep the podcast coming. I just wanted to say to Hurricane John, thank you for those lovely words, and I hope you keep enjoying the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I like hearing from people. I really do appreciate feedback and I love hearing from people so uh thanks uh Hurricane John I hope you keep enjoying the podcast so anyway on to the episode so at the beginning Pepper is organizing her comedy props, and Blythe and Zoe take notice of this. 
Uh, Pepper tells them that comedy is serious business. And they kind of just think that Pepper's just being Pepper. And Zoe wonders if anyone, like, big is coming to Lilith's Pet Shop soon. And Blythe says that an orangutan named O.B. is coming, which props Pepper up from her props. Thank you, folks. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Anyway, so before we get any further into the episode, uh, there might be some trepidation when mentioning orangutans and stuff because I have an irrational fear of orangutans ever since reading Murder in the Rue Morgue in 7th grade sorry for spoiling Murder in the Rue Morgue by the way it was the orangutan um it, I don't think it'll be like too much of a problem here but just in general I don't advocate like getting too close to an orangutan unless you seriously know what you're doing. And even then, it still seems dangerous to me cuz like like that orangutan beheads someone. That you that that is that is frightening. So anyway, Blythe continues on and says that Obi is his nickname. She states that uh, his actual name is, uh, like, she begins to say it, but Pepper jumps in excitedly and shouts, Old Bananas! Blythe wonders if Pepper knows him, but Pepper just jumps around a lot, and Zoe and Blythe agree that she she knows... uh, who Old Bananas is. Uh, Pepper says that she is Old Bananas' biggest fan. Okay, that possessive is not something I thought of, but that's what happens when you talk aloud and not right notes. <laughs> so Pepper is super giddy, And Blythe wants to know what's the deal with uh, Old Bananas. Pepper says that he is the greatest animal comedian ever. Pulls out a poster of him. Zoe says that he was from a sitcom, but can't quite remember the name. Pepper says that the name is That's My Orangutan. Which, yeah, also I noticed that orangutan is not how I thought it was spelled. Although, how I thought it was spelled is also an acceptable way of spelling it, but uh, orangutan is the proper spelling of it, and orangutan, like how I say it and stuff, is not. I just wanted to get that little grievance of the English language out before it bugs me to death. So, uh, so yeah, Pepper says the sitcom is That's My Orangutan. And she says that they're running it again on the 
Planet of Pets channel. So there are specific channels for pets in this universe. Like, maybe it could be a channel for showcasing pets, but I don't know. Evidence I see suggests otherwise in this universe. And, I mean, this is a sitcom. It's not like a pet show. Like, like what happened last time. Let's not get into that. It's just, um, like a show where the star is an animal or a pet or whatever. So, um, anyway, uh, Pepper thinks that OB has heard of Pepper and wants to see her perform. She says that Old Bananas taught her everything she knows. And then we get a flashback to... Actually, let's back up a minute. I am not sure how pets age in this universe. Like, like eventually they get to the more humanoidy thing and my gym partner's a monkey but are they like at like the point where they aged alongside humans now uh maybe it certainly seems like it because we flash back to like a young pepper wearing like cute little outfit that, like, a young girl would wear. She's, like, stuff in her hair and, like, cute little sweater vest. And she is at the Littlest Pet Shop at this point. But, yeah, this this is hard to pin down. So, pretty much anyone's age is hard to pin down in this show. So, how old is everyone? Anyway, yeah, she's uh, young at the little pet shop watching That's My Orangutan. And in the episode she's watching, Obi does a pratfall into some, like, blocks... And then opens his mouth to reveal that the blocks say, HA! Like, H-A-H-A-H. Like, a more pronounced HA. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so then Pepper says that, uh, That's My Orangutan was before Pet... Watchdog group steered TV networks away from doing any imitatable behavior. Which, like, there are pet watch groups now. Like, someone actually going around saying, Think of the animals! <laughs> 
I mean, people do that now, but that's mostly in protest of eating meat. And, um, like, 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 at this point, they know that animals are cognizant enough to try and imitate things they see on TV, like a little kid would. And, uh, like, I mean, it it is important to, like, be safe, but, like, like, sometimes you can't do that. Uh, I don't know why... Uh, I know it's a throwaway gag, but for reasons I'll get into at the end, I have to get into this now because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So then, uh, like, Young Pepper jumps into a thing of blocks and manages to get Ha H-A in her mouth which is both impressive and super adorable. It's super adorable. So then we flash forward a bit to an older but still young Pepper who is now wearing braces? Do pets need braces now? Oh, God, I'm stuck in, like, the first five minutes of this show because of how weird everything has gotten so far. Like, I know Minka mentioned needing a toothbrush, but I thought that was, like, you know, something that, uh, like, monkeys in captivity sometimes do. Like, this seems like a step further. Are we just at that, like, step further? Like, like, they're kind of cognizant they kind of learn things and they kind of age at the same rate as a human would. It seems odd. Anyway, in the episode that Braces Pepper is watching, Old Bananas is throwing a pie and Pepper tries to do it but can't hit her target. So... At the end of the episode, the announcer says Obi's catchphrase of lots of luck with Obi's thumbs up and wink. Pepper reflects on how much that inspired her to become a comedian. Like, there is not a day where she does not think of old bananas. So Blythe says that uh, now she'll meet him. And Pepper is super excited and asks Blythe to get the hammock out of the storage for old bananas. Uh, Blythe uh, goes to get it and Zoe asks if old bananas will like Pepper's performance. Pepper realizes that she needs to step her game up and brings out a whoopee cushion that manages to blow Zoe away literally. So Blythe goes through the storage room and she finds a hammock, but realizes it and the rest of the storage room 
is super dusty. So she starts um, dusting, but then she finds something interesting. A chest labeled Kung Fu Quilting. She is curious about this, as anyone would be, and finds, uh, when she opens it, finds that a younger Mrs. Twombly was a master of this thing called Kung Fu Quilting. We're gonna pocket that for now. But just wrap that around your head for a second. Kung Fu Quilting. All right. Uh, so then in the shop, Pepper is setting up her act very precisely. And Russell walks over and says, Your perfectionism knows no restraint. To which Pepper responds, restraint is no virtue in the pursuit of comedy. This is true to some extent, and I kind of wish that the writers of this show would take that uh, more to heart. Because, like, uh, it, it feels like they are being restrained somewhat by what... Like I said, we'll get into that later, but, like, it feels like they're restrained to some extent. This is, I know I'm saying this after we just got to Kung Fu quilting, but, well, we'll see. We'll just, we'll just go through the episode and, and then I'll explain everything. Now I promise my head will not explode. Anyway. Uh, Russell asks who said that quote. And Pepper responds with someone I admire and who I hope gives me a big lots of luck after my performance. Russell questions the meaning in that lots of luck. But Pepper says the, like, it sounds ridiculous when you say it, which Russell thinks it is, but Pepper disagrees and says that when it happens, the world will be my toaster. Russell says, I think you mean oyster. And then Pepper responds, no, I can't stand seafood. <laughs> so, uh, this is something I actually want to talk about a little later, but, well, I wanted to talk about it a little later, but we're gonna get into it now because they mentioned oysters and seafood and eating them so uh tv tropes points out how it is weird that Blythe still eats meat after gaining the ability to talk to animals which it's mentioned in a later episode but again i'm talking about it now because it is a bit weird that the pets themselves still in theory, eat meat. Like, Pepper says she can't eat seafood or doesn't want to eat seafood. But, like, 
Like she could. The only thing stopping it is herself. So this leads me to believe that at least at like this point in like where it's going, I imagine at least a sizable portion of the meat being sold is artificial to some extent. Cause like when you're marketing channels to pets, TV channels, you, you just cannot have like a McDonald's commercial in there. So yeah, I'm actually getting a more solid sense of where this is on this timeline of like human animal evolution integration. So I guess it makes sense if you want to call it that. So anyway, uh, Penny Lang is out in the shop area getting a treat when Old Bananas walks in. Mrs. Twombly is enamored by him and points him towards the day camp. She makes a monkey's uncle joke, but his caretaker says that joke kind of rubs him the wrong way. And, like, Old Bananas is not impressed. So, uh... He makes his way to the camp and meets Penny on the way. Penny says that uh, Old Bananas' biggest fan is in the pet shop. (laughs) Obi says, you don't say. And Penny says, I do say. (laughs) Uh, like Like, the entire rest of the conversation goes like that as they walk towards the camp with... Uh, old bananas being kind of crotchety and Penny Ling just not getting it. Like, yeah, you know, you're real swell. And like, huh, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so Pepper is practicing her act, but is a bit nervous. She takes out a new rubber chicken to beak it in. Which I think is funny, but then she goes on to explain it because she's a bit nervous. You know, meet your idol. You're always a bit nervous. So uh, she then uh, tries her own punchline of why did the chicken cross the road? To lay it on the line. But the other pets just get lost in the meaning of all of it. Like, when Pepper says it's just a joke, you're not supposed to debate philosophical meaning in it. Old Bananas does the slow clap, and Pepper gets even more nervous that he was here. Uh, Pepper says that she didn't know that he was watching me practice, and OB comes up to her and says, And if you had, you would have been funny? To which Pepper gets intimidated. Uh, Russell says that they weren't expecting him so soon while also talking up Pepper a bit. And Pepper says she was just practicing and was really nervous. 
Uh, Old Bananas starts calling Pepper anything but her name, and Pepper seems somewhat okay with it. And then Old Bananas starts playing to the crowd. Um, uh, he does a trick in which, like, he has a bunch of headshots, and then he acts like he trips and, uh, spreads them all in the air to which Russell says well at least he's not perfect but then Pepper says wait for it and then he just catches them and then gives them to the pets uh, with an autograph of his and then uh, Obi asks Pepper for her chicken so then he does some of his own chicken related jokes which slays the audience. So, like, his three jokes were, uh, how long does a chicken work around the clock? Why did the chicken cross the road? Because they're a double crosser. And what do a chicken and a grape have in common? They're both purple, except the chicken. I know that was a bit dry, but, um... For some reason, I felt I had to include them. So, the other pets are laughing at all of this and gathering around him in this, uh, you know, cult of personality. And Obi says that that's how it's done as he goes to lounge on the hammock. Russell is a tad annoyed with old bananas, but Pepper seems disappointed with herself that, uh, you know, she still feels nothing compared to old bananas so uh up in blythe's room blythe shows young me what she found on the internet about kung fu quilting she says that it is a rare form of martial art in which you quilt by using kung fu moves oh sweet bananas uh, so, uh, she then goes on to say that there was once a woman who was the creator and sole world champion. Young Me asks what this has to do with Mrs. Twombly, but the creator and sole world champion of Kung Fu Quilting is Mrs. Anna Twombly. <laughs> Holy cripple. Like, so it's weird enough that kung fu quilting exists. It's another thing that she invented it. And just, like, I I would be enamored with it too. But for a kind of different reason. <laughs> this is just... Ah, and it gets a little more odd when uh, it flashes back to Mrs. Twombly's kung fu quilting career highlights. Um, where, like, she was just starting off and then, like, it becomes a sensation. All of this accompanied by a song, because of course it is. It's like a 60s style song, I guess. Like something kind of like the monkeys. And 
fun fact about this, along with Daniel Ingram, a fan helped sing the song. And that fan is like Mando Pony slash Andy Stein. He's a music uh, person in the MLP world. And like they just got together to make this like pretty good 60s song, like 60s hippie rock song, you know, about Miss Anna T and her kung fu quilting skills. And, you know, like, it's a fine song. It's about what you'd expect in, like, a classic Scooby-Doo episode. Also, another thing I want to point out is that, um, like, uh, I heard two lyrics off, because, like, I heard them both as Chocula, but I knew that wasn't right, so when I turned on subtitles, I found out one of them was just Kung Fu Quilt-tacular, and they just, like, left off the hard R. And then uh, the other one was jocular, which is a Latin word meaning playful or fun. So I guess they at least admit it. Like, kung fu quilting is just weird. Like, where do they come up with this? Um... So then Blythe prints out, like, a screen cap and wants to go ask Mrs. Twombly about it. So in the shop, Russell says that Old Bananas is a tough crowd, and Pepper seems a bit depressed about her performance. Uh, Russell asks if she thought he would be just as he was on TV, and Pepper says, Why wouldn't I? Everything on TV is real. To which Russell is, like, rolling his eyes at. So then uh, he pumps Pepper back up by saying that she can make anyone laugh. And that should include uh, old bananas. And Pepper gets her spirit back and says she's going to perform. And that Russell will help her out. Russell agrees in the heat of the moment. But questions it a second later. But it's a second too late. So then... uh, Blythe goes to ask Mrs. Twombly about kung fu quilting. Mrs. Twombly is not really pleased about this. She's like, "Uh, I guess everything ends up on the internet at some point. And, uh, like, Blythe has all of these questions, but, uh, Mrs. Twombly says that this is all in the past. It's not it's not her and um not and like she doesn't really want to talk about it too much. She goes to answer the phone that started ring, ringing. Blythe is still impressed by all of this. Uh, Pepper is doing some more practice, and she tries um, 
a joke on a unicycle while holding a bowling pin and a pistachio pudding pie. Uh, but Old Bananas yells at her to distract her to tell her to mind your props. And uh, Pepper gets so distracted by this, she uh, loses balance and falls over. And um, all of the stuff I mentioned earlier, the unicycle, the bowling pin, and the pie land on Pepper, which is making me rethink my uh, Pepper is the opposite of Edge and Haven theory I had going. So uh, I've boiled it down to two possibilities. Maybe she just has a super thick hide and like it's resistant to a lot of things. Or she is kind of opposite edge from Haven, but only avoids fatal blows. Not, uh, you know, not like stuff that she can just get back up from, you know. Uh, Pepper comments on how hard it is to please old bananas, but Russell interjects with an insult. Pepper still defends old bananas and say his criticism is probably valid. So then outside, uh, Mrs. Trombley is washing windows and Blythe asks how Kung Fu quilting came to be. This is a treat. Uh, Mrs. Twombly says that it it was serendipitous. It just came out in the moment. So one day she had a terrible, terrible stomach ache. So she went to the doctor and was told to lie down flat on her back for two weeks. And like she says that he was a bad doctor, but she did not know that at the time. Like, like you probably should have, but uh, when we get into it, maybe there's a reason why. (laughs) Anyway, uh, she got really bored and started quilting, but that wasn't enough. She was also watching a bunch of kung fu movies at the time, and, like, she just naturally combined kung fu and quilting to create kung fu quilting. Like, throughout all of this, uh, all of this explanation she's giving, she is demonstrating her craft. Like, she sews up a quilt, and, like, it's really impressive once you get over the there's something called Kung Fu Quilting. Initial feedback. So after she explains all of this, she points out a leaf that is stuck on the building to Blythe and then proceeds to use a squeegee to gently knock it out and have it float down into her hands. Blythe says that she still has it. Mrs. Tromley says that uh, what she can still do now is nothing to compare to what she was able to do in the past. Blythe says that she knows because she read about it on 
weirdmartialartsofthepast.com. So, two things about this. There are other weird martial arts? Like, what? Uh... Taekwondo laundry? Karate um dancing? Actually wait. A martial arts mixed with dance sounds like a thing that exists. I think I don't know. But whatever. My other question about this is why do these not persist? Why are there, like, enough former martial arts to make a website about former martial arts that are weird? So, uh, Blythe asks why she just gave it up, and Mrs. T goes into it. Uh, she said that, like, in her heyday... She had to defend every challenge to her title. So one time she uh, used the quilt she sewed to tie uh, her opponent's leg up and then threw her out of the ring. Uh, She then uh, leaped over onto someone and covered their body in, in the quilt and began sewing it to the uh, ring so that they couldn't escape and I hope in the world of Kung Fu quilting that that's called a sleeper hold because like like it looks like they're going to bat but it's actually like a submission <laughs> and then the third opponent that we get into uh, it seems like he has the upper hand for a minute but she then wraps uh, the quilt she makes around him and then pulls the quilt out and spins him around and knocks him out like it's a Scooby-Doo mummy. And then she mentions uh, that all of this uh, was done while turning every title defense into a fundraiser for different charities. Um, And... On the one I just mentioned, uh, like after she was declared the victor, uh, it is revealed that she pulled a major tendon and then decided to retire. So then, um, just out and about in the world, uh, on the TVs in the window, uh, display, People are gathered around them to hear the biggest news of the retirement of Kung Fu quilting master Anna Twombly. And the news reporter says, nothing else major is probably going to happen today. But on a different TV window display it is showing the moon landing (laughs) so 
here's the thing. On TV Tropes, uh, it's is that people really did not like this joke too much. Especially because it was like less than a year since Neil Armstrong died. And, like, here's the other thing about that. I was originally going to save it by saying that it was like a rerun? But I'm kind of questioning that now. So, like, it's not just the moon landing. A lot of things in the background, like the style of the, like, dress that people are wearing, the, like, the fact that there are, like, TV stands or windows with TVs in them that people can just watch. A lot of it does suggest that this is set in the 60s. Like, so does the song, even. It has a clear 60s feel to it. And, like... Like, this would all mean that this happened in the 60s. And if Littlest Pet Shop takes place... Live? Well, okay, I can't say modern because it's off the air, but like modern as the time it was airing. This would also mean that uh, Mrs. Twombly is at least 63 years old. Now, that is taken from uh, 2013 minus 1969, which is like 44, I think. Or it was like 40 something. And then, like, if Mrs. Tromley was 18 at the time she developed and perfected and became the champion of this craft, then she would be 63 years old in. 2013 like she is clearly an adult and like in the flashbacks and 63 seems like the youngest she could be so we have a definitive age range for a character but it's not one that needs it or would like to hear repeated so anyway like this whole joke I I get why they did it I I kind of find it funny cause like it it is a very very clear juxtaposition of like how enamored everyone was with this like kung fu quilting and then, like, it seems no one was enamored with the moon landing, which, like, does sound insulting. But at the same time, I'm kind of a fan of, like, this kind of, like, humor. Uh, yeah, but anyway... It it seemed like a huge miss on like the part of P 
people. Anyway, maybe maybe that's why they restrain themselves as they do. So like stuff like this does not happen on a consistent basis within the show. Like like if if they were to not restrain themselves, they might be like I don't know. <laughs> Shoot. No, I just remembered something funny. Like, and it's a good example, but I'm not sure I should be repeating it on this show. Anyway, yeah, I guess that that would make sense, kind of. And then Mrs. Twombly says that after her retirement, no one wanted to Kung Fu quilt anymore, so it just kind of became a dead martial art. So... She reiterates that this is all in the past, but Blythe is still very impressed by this. So then uh, Pepper begins her show with a raining umbrella, but uh, Old Bananas doesn't seem impressed, and neither do the rest of the pets because they're following his lead. Uh, Pepper then psychs herself up to keep going and does some more prop comedy. Uh, The one she does after this is like she... Uh, sets up a thing of three bowling pins. She knocks down the middle one with a banana and then calls it a banana split. I think it's funny. So then um, uh, she does more and more prop comedy uh, with a bunch of props. It's like a bit too fast and like a bit too minute in detail to list them all. But I will say there is a Groucho Marx reference in there. And that's always fun to see, but Old Bananas still is not having any of it, apparently. So, um, and then back in the shop, uh, Blythe wants to know why Mrs. Twombly could just give it up after, like, she worked for it. Mrs. Twombly says that her, uh, Achilles tendon hurt, like, the dickens. But Blythe says that she could have gone back after she healed. And that she was, like, world famous. But Mrs. Twombly says that she wasn't really happy doing it, kind of. Uh, She says that when she opened up Littlest Pet Shop, she found her true calling. And besides, she's already done it. She was already the master. She knows what it's like. Blythe says that she doesn't know what it's like and she would like to learn what it's like. And so would her friends, probably. I mean, I'd probably <laughs> like to know what that is. Um, Mrs. T thinks about this for a bit while Blythe heads into the camp area. She sits next to Penny and asks her what's going on. Penny explains that Pepper hasn't been having much luck and is struggling. But when Pepper sees Blythe, uh, Blythe gives her a thumbs up and Pepper calms down and comes up with a joke that makes everyone laugh, except Old Bananas. It's an observational joke about what people are like when like they walk but have an itch they can't scratch. And she imitates it. And everyone starts laughing. 
and uh like she goes into it more and develops the joke more and by the end everyone but old bananas is just rioting in the after so uh once everyone is laughing she thanks everyone but then old bananas throws out a banana peel so that a pepper could slip on it but pepper avoids it strategically but then hits it with her wagon full of props she then takes out a slide whistle to accompany the props landing on old bananas so uh after old bananas uh plucks himself out from the sea of props uh he starts laughing himself and encourages pepper to take a bow uh he then gets up and goes to her and says uh like pepper says that she learned everything from me but now she's funnier than i am uh pepper thought that he was disappointed in her but he was just preparing her for the trials and tribulations of comedy like it is a hard medium to like get into but after seeing her perform and her get everyone to laugh and especially the ending he knows that she'll do well and calls her by her real name pepper is excited that uh he knows her name and obi responds with of course and then gives her a a a playful nuggie which does mean that this orangutan wraps his arm around a neck which is uncomfortable uh like I almost went the full episode without being bothered by the fact that he was an orangutan because he has like a handler, a caretaker, someone who can do the stuff and like he's trained and he's a comedian. He like, he knows the limits, I think. He, he like, he's very cognizant, but it's still really uncomfortable. <laughs> like, uh, Edgar Allan Poe kind of made me speciesist against orangutans. <laughs> and it makes me uncomfortable. And if, like, thank goodness I don't live in this timeline, which eventually leads to My Gym Partner's a Monkey, which eventually leads to like, I don't know, human-animal integration? Uh, I would be on the other side of, like, an orangutan, like, group. But it wouldn't necessarily be my fault. It's systemic orangutanism. I don't know why I keep going into this. Anyway, uh, moving on quickly. Um, his caretaker arrives. So Old Bananas leaves. But before he goes, he gives Pepper a lots of luck and a thumbs up. 
And Pepper is so happy to receive it, she kind of like floats down. Um, again, I am chalking that one up to cartoon logic. When Russell asks what that was like, uh, Pepper says, uh, it was, it was good. It was a nice feeling, but she felt so much better just getting everyone laughing here. And they all just kind of, you know, go, aww. And then the episode ends with Mrs. Twombly teaching Blythe and her friends the basics of kung fu quilting. Blythe looks into the shop and sees through the window Pepper giving her a thumbs up, which gives her more confidence like um, like Blythe did at the comedy show. So it's a nice little like callback, I guess. So, and yeah, like I said, that's where the episode ends. So in in the first episode... I said uh, this was like a weird mix of My Little Pony and Phineas and Ferb. So what it takes from Phineas and Ferb is kind of like the inane humor. The like make the joke the most joke it can be. And like here like both of these shows do it and they both do it pretty well but the reason like I can go into Littlest Pet Shop's version of like the most joke and like take it to its logical extreme of how and why it's confusing. And I can't do that with Phineas and Ferb. Is because. Like. Of the stuff in My Little Pony. That uh, LPS takes influence from. Where it has like. Emotional subtlety. Which I guess is borrowed from MLP. Like Phineas and Ferb has like emotional stuff in it. Don't get me wrong. But that's also the most when it does it. Like like Phineas and Ferb does not do anything subtly. All of it is right there on the big screen in black and white. Everything you're supposed to be thinking is what you are thinking. And it works wonders for that show. It is amazing how well they pull it off. But in Littlest Pet Shop, it has like, subtle flavors of like actual down-to-earthness and like stuff is downplayed so when like things get played up like the emotional stuff from like the downplay is seems 
downplayed. So it just it gets weird fast because like this is a show that like like look at in this episode it has like themes of like growing old and like passing the torch like and like like just having confidence in yourself between both stories and like it's also right next to something as dumb and inane as kung fu quilting like it it's weird you can't really have it both ways show gotta kind of like I mean, I guess you can, but then you get, like, people like me who would just be, like, a smarty pants about all of this and, like, take this to its logical extreme. Like, look at what happened in the last episode. Like, like you did something, like, crazy with it. And I had to come up with a reason why it makes sense that this happened. Because otherwise it wouldn't make sense. And I say that knowing that, like, my explanation is weird. But, like, just doing something to play it up. And then doing something else to get emotional subtlety seems like very very contrasting but still this is i i still say this is a good episode of the show like even though it's like a prime demonstrator of like the biggest problem even this show has like 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 this is just pure Littlest Pet Shop. And if you're like... And if you really like Littlest Pet Shop, like like Hurricane John does, like, you you would like this episode. Because, like... This is, this is what it's all about. So, I guess that does it for this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to comment and rate on... Uh, Shout Engine on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they get back from Kung Fu quilting practice. And I guess since uh, Hurricane John found me on Twitter, I guess I should start promoting that a little more. If you want to uh, contact me on Twitter, I am at VGCKenny. And I do post the episodes there when I release them. So there's that. And be sure to tune in next time when we go through the episode Door Jammed. Thank you for listening.